What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the SMH Podcast, Sports, Music, Mental Health. Tonight, we have a former NFL player, Reggie Hodges. Played most of his years with the Cleveland Browns, also on a few other teams, as well as a punter. And is also about to release a book called Strive that um, we'll continue to publicize here in the next few months. Um, Highly recommend that read to everyone and his wife, Originally, Erin Knox, that's how I knew her when I coached her when she was in high school. She was one of our best athletes in our school history at Fort Wayne Concordia High School, soccer, cross country, basketball, and track, and married Reggie Hodges, so she is now Erin Hodges. We're going to talk to them about their journey, uh, how they met, and also Reggie's journey to the NFL, and then his retirement, and now what he continues to do to help others through his faith. So enjoy this episode. We're good. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. We have Reggie and Aaron Hodges in the house. Not not actually literally in the house because we can't do that right now. No, we're sitting in our car actually. Are you really? We're hiding from our children with a glass of wine. I was just going to say you're that sick of your kids at this point. No, we're actually doing well, but you know, we just thought we'd come out here so it was quiet and you didn't hear a lot of screaming and yelling. I like and it. And chaos. Perfect. Yes. <laughs> Perfect. Usually, usually, Reggie, I thought that would mean removing Aaron from the situation. Not tonight. She's okay today. Good. Good. <laughs> good. So, uh, so we have Reggie Hodges and his wife, Aaron Hodges. Um, I actually had the, the pleasure of, of teaching and coaching Aaron way, way, way back. At so Concordia High ago. School in Fort Wayne. When was that, Aaron? I graduated in 02, so. Oh, dear. 2002, yeah. Yeah. And uh, she ran cross-country and track for myself, and then um, she married Reggie, who became an NFL punter for years and years, and uh, now they both reside in Cleveland, Ohio. So uh, I think I think you have to start this off, Aaron, by, by telling how you, how you two met. Um, yeah, we probably have totally different stories, but, um, that's why I like uh, it. <laughs> I actually went to Ball State to visit a, uh, with my cousin to visit one of our, um, just friends that we've always had growing up and he actually played football. Um, and we were at his apartment and, and walked Reggie and we just kind of hit it off and been inseparable ever since. Are you saying love at first sight? Basically. Yeah. On, on his end or your end or both? <laughs> Both. <laughs> is that true, Reggie? Parts of it. Let, let's let's she, hear your side. She didn't. She didn't give me. She didn't give me my due. Okay. Let's, so yeah. What I what happened was is we were in the in the apartment with with our friends and all this, and um, there wasn't a lot of seating, so lots of people were standing around, and I had a seat. Um. So I got up and went to the restroom. I got up and went to. Aaron went up. Aaron got up and went to the restroom. <laughs> So I just kind of like made it an available seat next to me to yes. see where she would sit when she came back. And oh, my, nice. just, my just raw animal magnetism, she just couldn't <laughs> help it and just wound up sitting right next to me. And then she's been attached to me. ever So that's how it really happened. It wasn't just mingling and this kind of thing. She couldn't keep her hands off me immediately. Wow. Aaron, can you confirm this? I'm basically whatever that little animal that's attached to a shark. I am that animal, apparently. (laughs) 
I love it. And I also love the fact I went to Ball State also, so that makes okay. it that makes it even better. <laughs> so, uh, but it, Aaron, it was not one of the seventeen schools you actually attended in college. It was just one you, you visited. <laughs> It was not many of my record-breaking colleges, no. Gotcha, gotcha. Erin did, she visited a few. She was a great athlete in high school and and, uh, actually ran for me in college as well. But, um, but yeah, great soccer player, basketball player, track, and cross country. I think she has the most letters in Fort Wayne Concordia School history Um, and and just made it to the Hall of Fame there just a few years ago, right? Yes, sir. So that's amazing. Uh, Reggie, did you ever get any flack from from ma- being married to someone who's a better athlete than you from the NFL locker rooms? Uh, no, I kept that under wraps. But That's in good. our private circles, everybody knows who the athlete in our family is. I'm, <laughs> I'm okay with it not being me. <laughs> great. So, but in all seriousness, uh, Reggie, great athlete um, as well from from Illinois originally, right, Reggie? Correct. And uh, drafted by the Rams in in '05. And then uh, was with a few teams from the Rams to the Eagles to the Colts, but but the most years you were with the Browns, and you guys obviously took a liking to Cleveland. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, we just figured this is where we were going to have the most amount of impact based on the end of my career. So it made sense for us to fit here and uh, just try to do our best in the community. We're both Midwestern people, so it, it felt like home. Awesome. Great. And uh, And you were with the Browns for about four years, Reggie, right? Correct. And we all, everybody talks about the the great sixty eight yard uh, run, on, which is still an NFL record, is it not? Yes, it is. Still a record, and I really want you to put uh, Lance Moore on blast right now. Can you do that or not? <laughs> no, I like Lance. Lance played at Toledo. We played against each, each other in college. He's a good dude, and people don't. Lance is a first degree black belt. You just leave that dude alone. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, you just leave you leave Lance alone. He's, wow. He, I made a move. He missed. We're gonna keep it moving like that. Yeah, you had him on skates. That's all I know. <laughs> I didn't say that, Lance. Yeah, that's yeah. I said it, Lance. Um, but uh, that was a great move, great run. I thought you were going to score. I wanted to. The problem right. is the best forty I've ever run in my life is four six eight, and everybody on the field runs four four. You're the track <laughs> guy. You know math better than I do, most likely. I wasn't making it that far. Right. <laughs> so so. In Ball State history, uh, you have Brad Maynard. You have you. I mean, who would be considered the all-time best? Brad, for sure. For sure. I mean, like, are you? That's your opinion, or stats show that as well? The stats show that as well. He was incredible. He was. He was yeah. the first. I think. I think he was still the only punter to be named Defensive Player of the Year for the conference. For the is that right? Yeah, that's a. I mean, that's ridiculous. He had he had two of the best years punting the football in the history of football. I mean, it's unbelievable years. Uh, and then he played for fifteen or sixteen years after that in the league. He he was special. Wow, wow. Well, you're being humble though, because you you obviously did did great things as well, right, Aaron? Yes. That's he all you have me? is yes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he married me. Like, what what's greater than that? That's oh, right. That's something to brag about. <laughs> So, Aaron, why don't you tell us about your, your three children? Oh, man, they are fireballs. Um, we have Christian, who is our oldest, who's 13. Uh, he is our soccer player. We um, recently made the decision he was going to play. We're going to challenge him a little bit. So he plays for the Columbus Crew Academy team, um, and he's loving that. He's playing up to age groups and just killing it. He's, he's doing uh, amazing. How old is he? 
He's 13. So, you know, 13. we have a 13-year-old boy, and that is a whole nother podcast in And he's a big boy, right? He is big. He's, what, 5'9", 180 pounds? Oh, yeah. Which, clearly, oh, yeah. if you know me, all 5'2", of me, he does not get a size from me. No, um, no. But, no, he's he's fun. We're just, you know, navigating life, having big talks, um, big life talks, and all that fun stuff with him. Um, and then we have our daughter, Charlie, who is who just turned 11 in March, um, had herself a little quarantine birthday. Um, and she's our oh. <laughs> she's our dancer. She's our artsy child. We uh, our first dab ballet recital. We had no clue to do with, what to do with our hands because we're not a dance family. We don't we, we yell at referees. That's what we do. Um, right. <laughs> so we, we, we think she chose dance despite us because we can't like correct her or help her like or yell at her while she's on the field. So um, but she's she loves it and she's great at it. Um and she she's she's fun. She's loving is fun for her. Um, she's just kind of figuring things out right now, and she just knows she loves dance and loves her friends. So being stuck at the house right now is hard for her, but uh, she's figuring it out. Yeah. And then it's our our future MMA fighter champ. Uh, he's our four year old, um, <laughs> and he <laughs> don't roll your eyes or close. <laughs> he is uh, I don't know. Uh, he basically holds us all hostage every day. Uh, we don't know which version of him is going to come out. We don't know if he, he's that kid where, you know, there's like no gray area. It's either president or prison kind of thing. Um, (laughs) (laughs) no, he's a, he's a lot of fun though. He will either be like a NASCAR driver or an MMA fighter. Like there's just like that, like kill switch in that kid somewhere. We're just not sure what direction (laughs) it's in yet. So but wow! They're, yeah, they're all fun and they're just like totally, completely different. Um, so can you can imagine our house right now is like always entertaining, right? How's how's the homeschooling going, Aaron? Do you love it? Okay, so, well, Christian, because we switched his soccer program, he was actually already in a, already in a somewhat homeschool program. Um, so that was pretty self-explanatory. That was kind of easy. We actually homeschooled Charlie one year when she was in third grade, and I swore I would never do it again. But here we go with all three of them. Um, and it's not bad. It helps having Reggie home. So it's, you know, we're only, uh, we're basically man to man as long as one of them's not doing school. Um, but it, it hasn't been bad. It, I, we're so busy that this is like pure joy for me right now for us just to be still and all together. So I think yeah. I know a lot of people are struggling with it and like, I, and I get why, like I, it, it's hard. It is, but like, this is like my zone. Like, I love this right now. <laughs> well, that's great. Yeah. And obviously, yeah, Reggie's intelligence, I'm sure, helps a lot with the kids as opposed to <laughs> to, uh, to to your IQ. Oh, that's terrible. I take the that... classes, thank you. And they're killing it. Yeah, that, that, that would make sense. <laughs> that would make sense. Yeah, you did dominate PE and weightlifting in high school. Absolutely. Not much else. Yeah, yeah. Other than that, it was, uh, it was a struggle. AP weightlifting but, right uh, here. That's right. It was an A every semester. <laughs> every semester. I had yeah. the best teacher, duh. <laughs> Oh well, yeah, I agree with that. <laughs> so, uh, as far as I, I have a question for you, Reggie, um, why, when, and why did you choose to be a punter? Um, it's kind of one. Of those... let, let me let me say this real quick. Sorry, because you are. I know you're going to be humble about it, but you are a you were a very very good athlete in high school. So it wasn't like oh I had to punt because I wasn't good athlete. I wasn't a good. I mean, you were good at basketball. You were good at football. You were good at all kinds very. of things. So that's why I ask that question yeah it was kind of one of those things where i was our i was our i was our quarterback and 
Um, you know, I've just I played all over the field, played some defense and these kind of things. And it was kind of, you know, in high school, you just, you know, if somebody can kick it, great, let's figure it out. And the coach was kind of like my freshman year was like, who can kick? And I was like, I'll give it a shot. And then all of a sudden I figured out I can do this pretty well. And my parents, yeah, I, my parents actually entered me in a competition. It was called the punt passing kick competition. It was, yep. yeah, that, that deal. So, uh, uh Andy Reed, Andy Reed. Okay. <laughs> I, did, I, did, I did that. And I wound, I wound up getting second in the nation and my, wow. my high school coach found out about it and was like, Hey, we're going to figure this out. Um, and so I just, I was just the guy who could do it the best and then wound up kind of sticking to it. My, my high school coach was actually a, a special teams coach for the Buffalo Bills in the late 80s, early 80s, I'm sorry. Really? Yeah, so he, he had a really good grid for uh, what to teach me as far as punting and kicking. So from day one, like, he found out I had a big leg and then taught me what to do. So it wasn't like I was wow. just figuring this out on my own. Like, my, my coach, his coach, Mike, Mike McDonald, I'll never forget him. He, I mean, he taught me a skill that changed my life. Um and I was a good quarterback, and you know I had fun playing. But I was—it was just one of those things that one hit a football. It was, it was, it was, it was pretty obvious that I, I had some talent in that area. So um, it just kind of—it right. happened really organically. I had a, I had a, I had a great support system and Coach Mack, uh, some raw ability that my parents saw, and we just kind of like molded it pieces together as we went through high school. Right. So, so in high school, were you punting as well as playing both sides of the ball, or what were you doing? Yeah, I was punting, punting, kicking. Um, field goals, kickoffs, punts, and then playing quarterback in a little defense. Wow. Wow. <laughs> so then when you go to college and you're only punting, that you're not thinking like, man, I could really help them out a quarterback. Or I could really help them out. I could be a good tight end or this and that. No, my freshman year, I was terrible. Because um, I, I was so <laughs> used to playing football that when they said you're just kind of, what what do you mean by that? <laughs> And then, yeah. you know, I was just kind of like, I averaged, I averaged 36.4 yards my freshman year, and that was last, dead last in the league. Um, mm-hmm. I, just, I just couldn't figure it out. Like, I wanted to I wanted to do more, and I wasn't, like, locked into just punting. I, I thought, I, you know, it was a little embarrassing, like, as big as I am, as fast as I was and all that, and I felt like I was underachieving. I was like, man, I don't know about this. Maybe I'll figure out how to play basketball or, you know, something like that. Um and then I remember after my after my freshman year, my the football coach called me in the office, and he was very very direct with me. His name was Scott Pethel. Um, he was like, "Reg, you really underachieved. Like, I I know what you can be, kind of thing, and you just didn't hit it at all. So uh, you're gonna have to go take some self inventory and figure this out. Like, we we're, we're gonna keep her in it. We're gonna keep your scholarship. Uh, we're not gonna bring anybody else in, and we we want you to be the guy, kind of thing. Uh, so then I was just like, okay, this is this is this is it. This is my lot. Let's like let's go. And then I just and I put all my effort into it. I, I, you know, I studied. I went back in the summer and worked with Coach Mack, and I really dove in. And I went from last to first in the league, and then kind of uh, put myself in a good position. So, to, uh, my, it was it, wow. it was a rough transition in from high school into college, though. Wow, that's an amazing story. So, so for the people out there that don't know, more like forty-four yards and on the average would be would be excellent, right? Yeah, that's a good year. It's a really good year. Yeah, that's a good year. So, I mean, there's a big difference between 36 and 44. 40 would be good. 44, great. 36, a little bit less than good. Is that right? Oh, yeah. You do that in the league, you're out. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. So, you make it to the league, and um, you obviously had longevity in the league, whether it was with this team or that team. 
Um, and to have longevity in the NFL is, is magnificent. But um, to be a Christian in the NFL and, and asking both of you this, like how difficult is that to be a, a Christian NFL player as well as, you know, a Christian wife? You know, like I have no idea the daily the daily routine. Like, is there are there people talking about you, making fun of you? Is it are you accepted? Uh, how, both of you, if you could talk about that a little bit, that would be great. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of one of those things where it, it, being a Christian NFL player is no harder than being a Christian lawyer, advertiser, marketer, school teacher, anything, because everybody has their own um, struggles that they deal with to stay close to Christ. It doesn't matter what your vocation is. Now, the there's, right, a, right. there's a couple of them, um, and the NFL being one of them, that you wind up being exposed to so much more. So at such a young age, as far as like money access to pretty much anything that if you're not rooted in Christ, man, you can get into some trouble in a hurry. So the things that were accessible to me as a player were for anything and everything. So I really had to kind of like monitor um, myself and who I hung around with, who I allowed into my life and these things. And I was very, very fortunate that Aaron and I had been together since college. So when I got drafted, it was, it was the same as us in college. Like we were, right, I was right. going to play football and then I was going to come home and that's just kind of that's that's always been our rhythm so i never got really attacked by like the you know you, you sometimes people have the stigma around nfl players that there's women everywhere and all this kind of stuff like i already had my girl so i didn't need to like chase anything that wasn't like real to me so those issues were weren't very um difficult for me the hard part of the being the christian athlete was like figuring out how to like do it consistently as that would be in any other vocation. So being connected to God and being being uh, consistent in study is, is hard with any job. So no different just because I'm in the NFL is just some of the stuff that we got exposed to. I don't know if you, you can see yeah. No, and I, I think the, the key for us was finding our people, finding our community within the NFL, within the team, in the locker room. Reggie had a group of men that, you know what I mean, who had the same values as him that I felt comfortable with him with as well. And, you know, and the same with their wives, you know, we had the same beliefs. So, you know, it was, we had that protection, I guess, you know, um, so that, that I feel like was our, our saving grace was just having our people um, that we could count on for prayer, for Bible study or things like that. Um, and I, and I, like, like Reggie said, I think that goes with where, wherever you are in life, you know what I mean? Whether you're a lawyer, you know, finding that lawyer group or, you know what I mean? I guess it doesn't necessarily even have to be at work, but just having your people outside that, you know, you can turn to, um, that can have your back, um, and can go to war for you in prayer and things like that, you know, um, you know, and Reggie did do a really good job with staying focused in his career. Um, I don't know if I told you this or not, Peterson, but, uh, he actually is writing a book right now. <laughs> That's Coach Peterson. Coach Peterson. <laughs> Please don't add laps. Thank Go you. ahead. Go He's ahead. actually writing Go a ahead. book on that right now um, uh, on just staying engaged and um, what that looks like. So, you know, even just in work in general um, and just staying focused and, and fixed on Christ and, and things like that. Um, because he did do such a like great job with with that when in his NFL career, I feel like. Oh, for sure. I mean, the yeah, the impact you had, Reggie, as a as a Christian man in the NFL and and beyond has been remarkable. Um, and you're, I know you're doing the the love well, serve well. You're going around speaking. 
uh, we would love to have you come to our area and speak sometime. Can you talk about your, your speaking engagements that you do? Yes. It, those, are, those are a blast. Like I, I, I want to leverage everything that God's given me. And I think that's the, that's the goal of every Christian is to like, don't leave anything on the table. Almost. If God gave you the gift of encouragement, be that encourager all day, every day, like be that, live that. Cause he, he gets praised by our actions when we're in our lane kind of thing. So one of the things that, that God gave me was, uh, you know, the gift of gab almost like there's, I, I'm not, I'm not, a, I'm not scared to go tell his truth to people. I'm not scared to, to challenge people in their faith or their behavior or any of this kind of stuff. And God's given me a, a, a different way of kind of approaching um, how to handle tough situations and how to, how to navigate tough situations and stay close to him kind of thing. And that's, you know, my, my NFL journey wasn't the prettiest. Um, I got cut seven times. It sounds great. You made it sound really good. And I appreciate you. I had longevity in the league but within that, like there was cuts. There was times where, Aaron and I looked at each other and said, do we still want to do this? Can, can we do this? Is this for our family? Can, should we move on? Like there were some really, really challenging seasons in there. And I, and I think that's one of the things that, you know, that I speak on the most is it's like, how do you, how do you transition? Well, how do you, how do you do some hard stuff? Well, how do you, how do you get cut and still come home and do your best to try to make your wife and kids happy? How do you, how do you deal with, the, the hard things in life and still stay, stay close to Christ. Cause there's, there's not a, there's not a more challenging position for a man than losing your job and having to come home and figure out what's next. I mean, that's as hard as it gets. It's, you know, my, my wife relies on me. Uh, I, 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 this is this story I can, I can share. Um, I was, where was I? Seattle. Um, and I really thought I was going to get the job. Like, I played really well, had a great preseason. The guy who was in front of me got injured. And the coach really liked him and these kind of things. And, you know, I did a good job building some momentum around myself and made a really good case for me to be the, the punter for the Seahawks. Um, and I ended up getting cut. And that was one of the more heartbreaking ones because I thought I really thought I had it. I, I remember calling home and telling Aaron, like, oh, today was a big day. I really did well. Like, you know, like I crushed it today kind of things. And she was excited about it. We, we liked the thought of trying to live out in the Pacific Northwest and all these kind of things. Um, and I get cut and I come home. And as soon as she picks me up from the airport, she has news for me. And she says, uh, I'm, glad you, I'm glad you're home because I'm pregnant. <laughs> and that was, you know, she was pregnant with Charlie and I just lost my job. So as a man, my, I immediately went to like excitement. But in my heart, I was like, oh, man, what am I going to do now? So like these yeah. are the kind of things that that are are, are normal for me, um, or normal for her. The like high volume of 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 big events in our lives as a young married couple. So as we're going through the the our, my career, we we saw people go through that. We were able to say, hey, I, you know, here's how I navigated this well. Like, you know, I I remember get I remember my first, second, third, fourth, fifth cut, right. I can have that conversation with somebody. Same thing that, that translates into the business world also. Like there's guys that lose their job in the business because they didn't perform well on the sales floor and, you know, these kind of things. So um, I spent a lot of time speaking to the hard things of life um, that that men and women are going through, but also encouraging them that, that, that God's got the plan for us. And we really just need to like stay connected to him while we go, while we go through that. So we can um, not lose our ministry. So how do we stay close to God? love on people, serve people well, even when we might be in the midst of some trouble. Right. Very well said. 
Um, you know, I remember, I'm sure you do not remember this. The first time I ever met you, you were selling cars in Fort Wayne. And, um, and I, I was asking what you did and that's what you told me. And then you were just like shaking your head. And I was like, what's the matter? And you're like, well, that's not what I do. I'm a, I'm a pro football player and I'll be back on the team in, in a, a matter of weeks. Trust me. And I was like, wow, this guy, you know, has a lot of conviction and a lot of faith. Like I saw all the passion and sure enough, you were and just a, just a few weeks later, you were, you're back at it with the NFL. And, um, and I think that's what you're doing now with that same passion and conviction with the, the next steps you're taking in your life in terms of your gym in terms of your speaking, in terms of your book. Um, I think you'll make an even bigger impact. So props to you, Reggie. No, for, appreciate for you. that. Yeah, man. And what, tell us about your gym a little yeah, bit. Yeah. The gym is called pro sports performance. Um, and we do, from seven years old all the way up to professional athletes so it's just it's the it's got the same heart behind how we live our lives we're just gonna do our best to serve people well and we've got a little more specialized obviously in it we're using we're using sports to, for, to be that vehicle to serve people um it's centered around like sports specific movement so we will look at the, the the dynamic movement of the sport and we'll tailor exercises to make the athlete play better um always talk about is like we're bringing a, my, my partner is an NFL player also he played for 11 years um, bounced around a little bit late in his career but played for six strong years with the Dolphins he's, in, he's a linebacker his name is Jason Trusnick um, we decided that we were going to take pro level performance so pro sports performance and bring that down to a to a level where the high school high schoolers can get get exposed to a really high level of coaching and teaching so um We've kind of specialized and made that our niche is we're we're, we're teaching at a high level. We're teaching at a at a, at a you know a, an anatomy kind of level. Like we're teaching people phys, we're teaching people bio, so they can understand and be able to perform well on their own in a high pressure situation. So, um, with all that being said, it's it's a place of ministry for us. We get to we get to be in the community. We get to serve kids. We get to get in their lives. We get to be in the lives of our adults and our adult population and just. Love on people and in, in, in from the from the setting of a gym. That's awesome. Um, and as far as uh, as far as church goes, there in the, in the area, Aaron, did you did you recognize the, uh, the music? I did. I, I heard our Wellesley Arms friends on there. Yeah. <laughs> That's right, Wellesley Arms people. Check them out. I, I think that the Hodges get to just get to hear some of the members of that group. We don't too much uh, anymore. Some yeah, Sundays. sometimes they haven't been in a while. Yeah. They, I think they were touring for a really long time. Well, yeah, they're yeah, pretty they big are. time now. But they're awesome. But yeah, talk talk about them a little bit. The ones that you know and whatnot. We know John and Bree. Um, they their son, um, Lyric and Landon, uh, actually are in uh, Bible study with our with our kids at Kings Kings Church. Hi guys. Um, yeah, so yeah, we just know them from church. That when we first started going, they would uh, lead, be do a little bit more frequently. But Washington Arms is all free and down. Yeah, awesome. Right. Yeah. When when Welsh Arms when they when they hit the road with Need to Breathe, it was uh, that's that's yeah. when things took off. And I, I saw them and I was like, man, these yeah. guys are legendaries on Christian's so, uh, uh, before game pre uh, playlist. So. <laughs> That's his pump up. That's, That's his pump right. Up exactly. <laughs> nice, nice. And Aaron, do you have any? Uh, do you have any any stories to tell about your running days? You mean in terms like of, when you uh, tried to get me or college like or... that time? That's a good one. Yeah, talk um, about it that. It was one. like yeah. negative twenty outside, and Peterson tried to make us run like twenty mm -hmm. miles. 
and I thought I was going to Coach, Coach Peterson. Peter, no, you were Peterson that day because I was really mad at you. <laughs> I think that, yeah, and you're keeping it clean. I'm very, time, I'm trying yeah. to keep your show PG right now because yeah. I was not happy with you that day. <laughs> I almost had to get all my fingers yeah. amputated. <laughs> yes. So for for all the listeners out there, when she says negative 20, it was 20 degrees. <laughs> when she says 20 miles, it was two <laughs> miles. miles. Uh, just to let you know the exaggerations of the Aaron Knox of those days. She's become a next, a better person as Aaron Hodges. The, the last said. name helped. The name uh, changed. <laughs> yeah, big time. Reggie helped her with her mental toughness uh, in a major way. Uh, the talent was there. He gave her much more mental toughness. But uh, but as far as uh, then, just a few years ago, you you and Reggie reached out and, and decided you wanted to try to qualify for Boston yeah. Marathon and. With a couple of kids, or I can't believe I can't just remember two, at, two the or three yep. kids at the time. Yeah, yeah, just two, and and you went and trained, and and you're I done. Almost made qualified for Boston, my very first marathon. Like I've never run a half. I the farthest was what I think maybe yep. like a eight miler when you took us to one one time, but um the farthest before that was just yeah. So the truth comes out because you said I made you run 20 miles in high school. <laughs> All now right, it's sorry, easy. I did exaggerate. Just, just FYI, a bit. go ahead. Um, but yeah, like I, I feel yeah. like a marathon was all, like a bucket list thing for me. But I knew that if I did a half before I did a full, I would never do a full. So I was like, all right, I just got to rip the bandaid off because that's just how my <laughs> mind works. Like it's just like you yeah, know. Um, so I called you up, wrote me this bomb programming, and um, I got into Chicago and. I do remember us getting in a small argument the night before because I was killing the training. I was ready to go. And then, okay, we're just going to be super conservative. We're going to, you know, and if you're feeling good toward the end, like five miles left, then you, that was not the game plan. No, no. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I think it was like supposed to be 90 degrees. I was being polite. (laughs) Anyway, it may be. Is that correct? Maybe. Needless to say. Yeah, it was like I the hottest Chicago marathon ever. And I ran yeah. really fast. <laughs> yeah. That sounds I about mean, right. That's usually how we yeah. work. Our relationship works sounds anyway, right? right? Um, yeah, but yeah, I was like that is six true. minutes away from qualifying from Boston. I was, And I was happy with that. Yeah, you're right around three Yeah, three yeah. hours and 40 minutes for your first marathon ever. So. <laughs> on, a, on a warm day. Yeah, I mean, Chicago. that course was awesome. That marathon was awesome. I, I like was totally spoiled by doing a major marathon for my first and only marathon. Like, I don't think I could do a non-major now if I like ever try to do a, a marathon yeah. again. But yeah, that was awesome. I loved it. Are you, are you announcing right Absolutely now you're intent on not. doing another one this, run two this miles. fall? I ran two Reggie? miles yesterday no? and thought I had coronavirus, Pete. Like, it was bad. <laughs> like, I was like coughing. I thought I was going to die. It was like ugly. Like... No, that's not coronavirus. I, yeah, that's old no age. kidding. Yeah, my knees are telling me about it yeah. right now. I would love to. The time. No, you'll be fine. Not there right now. I don't think. <laughs> that's funny. You know, Adele Mitchell has not run since college. And she Adele could Thompson. Run a five now, and she just ran a seven twenty mile today. She ran so today. She said, "I'm ready. I'm ready to start training." Of she ran seven twenty. She's day one did. today. And yep. she's what five so kids? Four kids? You know what? I can't keep track of all you people. There's a lot of there's children too many. There. There's too many yeah. runners, too many yeah. kids. She's a stud. Yeah. Yeah. I think she's got a three. I want to say three. In there. Uh, well, I do want to say that is impressive, though, that uh, two of my runners married NFL players. I mean, it must have been the coaching. I don't know. You coached as well. Good job. <laughs> well, I mean, that's, that's kind of amazing. That's amazing. 
That is, yeah, there are definitely right? too many coaches that can you know, throw that stat out there. <laughs> yeah, well, in Adele's case, that is because that that is you know I I had something to do with that because I helped go. her get to Wake Forest. With you, you I didn't help you. I didn't help you get to a no, Ball State no. party. <laughs> no, you, know, you could have gone to a Ball State well party anytime. No, good job. <laughs> yeah, I probably did actually. Now that I think about it, yeah. <laughs> So, uh, so I, we are going to air this uh, episode on Easter and uh, tomorrow. So I do want to talk about or have, have each of you talk about like, you know, this is a tough time right now with the with the coronavirus. And and, um, you know, like my mom today was 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 pretty upset that we couldn't get together as a family tomorrow and and get together with her you know grandchildren, and have Easter egg hunt. And, you know what, Reggie, first with you, like what what can you what can you tell us like? How do we get through this? Um, what are some some words you can give us during this yeah, tough th- time in our world? One of the things I think that's that's beautiful right now, even in the midst of something hard, is that um, we're as Christians we we have no choice but to rely on God for this. I mean, everybody there's 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 so much happening, and every individual is different. If we were to, you know, just take a, a screenshot of the landscape, you know, there's unemployment's crazy. People are getting sick. Obviously, there's people who are frustrated with people that aren't following the rules as far as social distance goes. There's there's people who don't care. There's people who believe it's a it's it's a hoax. There's like there's so much variety in everybody's experience that is causing a lot of turmoil and a lot of um, gaps in people. And I think this is one of the areas that like the church can be be seen as really, really strong and united is because like if we're all in the midst of all this, if our eyes are, are fixed on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, like it says in Hebrews, like this is this is just something we work through. This is an opportunity for us to get closer to God. It's, and I think it's all about perspective. You know, it's going to be it's going to be strange not to go into a church um building tomorrow morning for a lot of people that was never a church anyway like we're the church and i think that the perspective needs to be shifted towards you know i think i think the the pacifier got pulled out of a lot of christians mouths who were locked in on just going to church and just kind of coasting through and well now that's not acceptable if you want to be close to god you got to work on it now you can't expect the choir to do it or the pastor to do it. Like you've got to lock in by yourself. And I think this is an encouraging time. Like I think a lot of people have seen more zoom Bible study classes than I've ever seen in my life. People are, people are reaching out and getting involved in these kind of things. And like, there's good things that are happening through this in the body of Christ. And, uh, and, and I think even though it's challenging, I think that people, a lot of people are trying to do their best to stay close to God and, and to try to walk with him and try to trust him more than anything. Um, and I think we're being, I, I hope we're being faithful as, a, as, as the church with how we're responding, to, responding to this. You know, I've seen a lot of people that don't normally on, nor, normally go to church that are on online church service because now they're not scared to go in. Now they have to click a button and there's no judgment. Now they sure. click, click a button and they've got True. 20 different pastors they could listen to. If someone doesn't like, you know, you know, it kind of takes away, like they get to, choose their experience these kind of things so there's, there's a lot of positive happening and, I, and i'm excited for it um just to see how god's going to use all this because when we get an opportunity to get back in the church i think pastors are going to be energized i think worship teams i think the people who serve and make church go are going to be energized and excited to get back and i really just feel like there's going to be a really really powerful 
post corona post corona um church experience going into the end of the year i mean how beautiful will, Christ, will christmas be now that we couldn't yeah. spend easter together and now how how powerful will christmas be now that we can get to do that i think there's just some good things that are happening around it and i just choose to have i choose to trust and i choose to find the good um and choose to have the right perspective around it so we can still honor god in it awesome you know i Aaron, what do you think uh, this came to me well on my first run in forever the other day the, this virus is is exposing a lot of things it's exposing how out of shape i am it's exposing where i fall short as a wife it's exposing where i fall short as a mother there is no escaping this right now i can't i'm at home with my family all the time so everything is being exposed and that and that goes for our, our faith too you know what i mean we're we're exposed right now on where our faith stands you know and and how much faith we really have um, because if we're freaked out right now, is that really a faith? And what is our faith in? You know, are there cracks in our foundation? Um, these are things that we just, you know, have to look. We have nothing but time right now to self-reflect on and fix. You know, we're we're in the stuck in a house with a 13-year-old boy right now, who is figuring out a lot of stuff. You know, <laughs> so you know, these are things that are being exposed. These are things that we can fix. And thank God we have this time right now to fix it. We were so busy before that. You know, so much stuff would have been missed. So, you know, I'm I'm thankful for this time. You know, yeah. like, I granted, like, we don't have a job right now. We don't have an income because we're gym owners. Um, so, you know, we could be wallowing yeah. and worrying in the fact that we don't know what's going to happen next for us. But we are choosing to find the joy. We're choosing to take the trial head on because this trial is a quiz, essentially. You know what I mean? There's a test coming up. And that test we don't get to redo. So right now is this quiz that we can learn from and we can grow from and get better so that we can pass that test with flying colors. So, yeah, I just, I, like I said, I think this is, this is a good awesome. thing. Like this is not, this isn't bad. Like I it just, it's a mindset. It's a mindset thing for a lot of people. And I know a lot of us are like me and they're emotional. So we have to have a heart check. And, but a lot of people were like Reggie and they're, um, you know, more mental. And so they have to have a mindset shift. I feel, I feel like. Mm-hmm. These are great points to think about. Yeah. So I really appreciate you guys coming on here, especially, like I said, with, with Easter being tomorrow, this was, you guys were the perfect oh, guest to you. have on. So um, really appreciate, yeah, really appreciate the message yeah. that y'all bring. But um, Reggie, for you, like, um, wh- how long are we looking at till that uh, book The comes book out? is, we had a June release, but we decided to push it back to try to, you know, wait it out and see if we can get a little more normalcy so people are excited to go to the bookstore again and not scared to yeah. walk in there. So we're thinking July. Um, it's The book's called Thrive. And the, the point of the book is um, it's, for, it's for the athlete. It's for the athlete who's trying to walk with God and trying to figure out how do I, how do I live for God as a Christian and still function at a high-level athlete, as an athlete in, at, at any level. So there's like uh-huh. ten there's there's ten things that an Man. athlete goes through, um, in every sport, and they they cross gender, cross sport, cross culture, cross everything. Is you're gonna play bad, it's gonna happen. You're gonna have bad outings, but what do we need to do mentally and sp- more important spiritually to get back on track? So what I've done is I've looked at an athlete exper- athlete's experience, and I've tied in a biblical principle, um, to help the athlete navigate it well. So if the athlete plays bad, the biblical principle that will go with that is an understanding of grace. 
is you can't beat yourself up after a bad game. You can't kill yourself for it. You're just going to have to or learn to give yourself a little grace and go, okay, that was a bad game. That was a bad run. I didn't perform it the, as, as, as well as I should. And now here's how I can move on. And when the biblical principle and the athlete's experience collide at that intersection, that's thriving. Because you're at your full potential when you've understood what you are as an athlete and what the Bible says about how you need to function. That's when you're at your best. So we have, I've detailed out um, an athlete experience, a biblical principle, and then a story from my, my playing career um, that I'm just, just I just want to give life to the athlete, the Christian athlete who's trying to because, you know, he gave us our talent and our job is to honor him with it. But the, what happens a lot of the times is we put our sport way in front of God and then we're asking God to bless the sport where God's asking us to bless him. So we've got a little bit of a, a, an alignment issue with how much we love our sport. And I would love it if the Christian athlete specifically could go, okay, I need to make sure my, my alignment is correct. I need to be walking with God and loving my sport and not vice versa. So I'm giving life to that scenario for that athlete that's having a really hard time uh, being a Christian and being an athlete. It's been, a, it's been a fun book to write. Oh, man, I bet. And that's what, yeah, as a coach, I mean, that would be just the best book ever for, for for me as a coach, but also my athletes. I want all of them to pick up a copy and, and read that and learn from that. So especially in this time right now where, you know, all the athletes are just in this unknown so if they could reach out for something like that, that'd be, that'd be the perfect timing for that. So, um, and then if, if, if anybody wants to reach out to you, Reggie, in terms of speaking, is it just ReggieHodges.com and, and find the info on there? So, and, and, if, and if all you all can't figure out what a, what a great speaker he would be uh, from this, then uh, I think you're missing something. So um, I really appreciate both you guys. You're Thanks, one of my Steve. favorite couples and uh Yeah. Reggie, thanks for <laughs> thanks for putting up with Aaron. I'm, I'm I surviving. I know you got it's it. not easy. No, it's not easy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Christ is definitely within you. Let's be honest. You all have a happy hey, Easter, all right? Yeah. Tell tell uh tell right, we'll tell Karen and Ryan tell hello. Your parents hello. Especially Miss Judy. <laughs> all right. We'll do. We'll do. Soon. All Bye-bye. right, guys. Take care. Thank you very much. Yeah. Bye.